It is good to see you. Hey, I can see new faces around too. So, hey, welcome. I am. Um, we're so glad that you're here today. I would love to meet you after the service. So, if you are new here in this house, then why don't you come and say g'day to me after church? And hey, if you are new online, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that that you are joining with us today. Um, we've got pastors online, so why don't you just write something in the chat there? or click on the Ask for Prayer, because we would love to connect with you. But you know what? You might actually be watching this next Wednesday, or Thursday, or something on YouTube. If that's you, we'd also love to connect. Why don't you jump on over to our website, send us a message. We'd love to get in touch. How awesome is this, church? Like, the Word is everywhere. We're together in the house together. Um, it's preached during the week, and we, we take it out of here today, church. Come on. We've, um, we've had a great week. Hey, we met with our leaders this week and pastors Nate and Rach started to release that vision in their heart and we are excited. If you're not serving in this house, you need to get on a team because it is a lot of fun. And if you want to be a leader, you need to come and talk to us because uh, this, God's doing something, right? God's moving and you want to be right in the middle of it. So why don't you get involved? We would love to have you. Now, we are in a new series that Pastor Nate kicked off last week. It was awesome. Hey, uh, Sermons on Shuffle. It is an incredible privilege to be entrusted with this platform by our incredible lead pastors. It's not something I take lightly, and I'm very honoured to serve these guys. They are awesome. But I do need to offer a correction, Pastor Nate. In our household, there is only one person who leaves my car on empty every time I get into it, and that is my husband, Simon Ashley. So to the women out there, solidarity, I understand, I feel you. Other than that, I don't actually have anything to correct Pastor Nate on his message last week. It was awesome. It set us up, and I'm excited to hear from all the voices in our house. We do have incredible pastors, and it's going to be a lot of fun this series. It's going to set us up and lead us into vision, so make sure that you do not miss a single Sunday, all right? Now, I'm just going to jump right into it today, because I just, I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit has got a powerful word to speak, um, and there is going to be powerful ministry that He is going to do through that. So open up your hearts and be prepared for that. Um, and make sure you step out today. So we're just going to jump straight in. I'm preaching from Hebrews today. It's not just about coffee, believe it or not. It's got some incredible meaning in it. So I know that you've got your Bibles, because we are a church that brings our Bibles. So why don't you pull them out? Excellent. I can see them all being waved. I love them. Uh, pull them out. You can start flicking to Hebrews. We're actually preaching from Hebrews 12. 1 to 2 today, but we're going to just flick back to Hebrews eleven, thirty-two, 32, because who knows that when you read the Word of God, it's really important to read it in its context. So we're going to flick back and do that today. But before we do, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that we have just been able to worship in your presence. And I just declare right now that as your Word goes forth, that you would breathe on it. It's not by wise and persuasive words, Spirit, but it's just by you taking it into our hearts and making it alive and active. So we just declare that as the word goes forth today, it will indeed bring freedom. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. How about we read this scripture? So starting from Hebrews eleven thirty-two. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. This is pretty awesome, right? But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained and in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Just say amen that we do not face that persecution, peoples. Come on, but people did. And they did not renounce their God. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. And now, this is the scripture I want to preach from today. Therefore, because of all that, and all that came before it, which is these incredible stories of faith, since we, church, we, are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Come on, does that scripture fire you up a little bit? Because I can't read that without getting just a little bit excited that I am in this same race of faith as these incredible people that have come before us because I serve that same God. Come on. Now, my husband loves Disney movies. Like, hang on, I should, well, he does love Disney movies. But um, he loves those miracle sport movies, right? So if you go to his Disney Plus playlist, what you will find is every sport miracle movie that there ever was. And when you think that they've all been done, he finds another one. (laughs) Like, there are a lot out there. So, you know, I'm talking about Coach Carter, The Blind Side, um, Invincible, We Are Marshall, Remember the Titans, you know, all of those ones, even right down to The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. Yep, Pastor Simo got it. (laughs) So he loves, loves, loves these movies. So needless to say, I've seen a lot of them. He always wants me to watch them again. I'm like, I can't do it again, honey. But anyway, I've seen a lot of them twice as well, or maybe more times. He will watch them over and over again. But they all have this moment, right? Like, They are actually true stories, but they all follow this similar theme and get to this one moment. They've had the adversity, they've had the challenges, and they get there and they're in the locker room or they're in this place and the coach is there and, like, gives the speech, right? It's the speech that says, hey, guys, 
You've got to remember what we've gone through. You've got to remember where we're going. You've got to remember who you are. It's our time now. Let's go do it. And everybody cheers. And usually they run out and they win the day. That's what the Jets need to do. (laughs) Maybe the Jets need you to go in, honey, and give them a pep talk before the next one. But I feel that this is Hebrews, okay? It could be our Disney movie, Moment in Time. I feel that that also is exactly where we are, church, which is why God is speaking this message today to us. Now, I am a person who loves to do the context thing, so I'm going to do a bit of context today for us about Hebrews. We don't actually know who wrote Hebrews, but whoever wrote Hebrews actually wrote this book more like a sermon than a letter. And it was written to these Greek-speaking Jewish Christians who are living outside of Jerusalem. And uh, he's writing to them in the face of persecution. These guys are being pressured to revert, to turn around, to go back to Judaism, to go back to the thing that they've known. The law, doing the right thing, being saved by their works. Not this crazy way that they're following, this crazy way of Jesus, where it's not by their own might or doing, but, you know, where they stand out because they live by faith and they follow and they believe in this full revelation of Jesus. Except the author here in Hebrews is saying, you can't. Because God has revealed and released his power through Jesus, the world is not the same. You're not the same. And Hebrews, if you read Hebrews, and can I encourage you to do this, because you will be inspired. Go back to chapter 1 and read all the way through, because chapters 1 to 10 are these incredible outline of the superiority of Jesus Christ. He is God's final revelation. And he takes all of these important Jewish people, so Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Melchizedek, and all these people they look to, and he goes, hey, Jesus is better. Jesus is what they were all leading to. You can't actually go back because there is absolutely nothing to go back to now that Jesus is here. There is no other way. The purpose of life is found in this Jesus. So radical life is just what it is. And so this is where we get to. This is, this is where Hebrews has been leading to. I kind of feel like these final three chapters is the Disney movie moment, right? Where the coach, he's got them and he's saying, because of all this, because of Jesus and his superiority and his authority and his power, persevere in your faith. Don't give up. Run your race. And don't just run it like meandering through, but run this race well. So church, first point today, fire up your faith. Fire it up. It's not like this, I don't know, wishy-washy thing that we just kind of have on the side. We don't live in an ordinary world. I love that this is what's coming out on Pentecost Sunday because the life that you are gifted here on earth is not a series of random events on an infinite timeline that you just get to wander through until you get to the end. I'm going to be very intense today. I'm just giving you a warning. But I will try and slow it down so I don't run out of breath on the first point. But the reason is because I'm really excited about this. 
right? Now, I'm going to need some amens from you today. Otherwise, I'm going to feel like I'm preaching to my husband in the first row who's yelling out amen. So right at the back there, you've got to give us something today. If you're getting fired up, then let's get some claps and let's get some conversation happening in here. Okay, because this is a message for me just as much as it is for you. And we're in this together, church. We're in it together. Do you know there is this eternal purpose to life? All right, there's a reason and there's a prize. And there's this sense of urgency that should follow us all the time. A really, really good urgency of, hey, making every single moment count. That, you know, time is slipping through the hourglass. Have that picture in your head. In a good way, though, because there's something awesome at the other end of this life. This life is not all there is. So time is slipping by, but make it count because it counts on the other end. That's an awesome privilege to live this life. And we get to live it fully fired up in the faith of God. Now, where are my runners? I'll I'll bring it down a notch. Where are my runners in the house? There's more than Pastor Simo. There's Joel. Come on, there's a whole bunch of you. I see your Instagrams, you know, and my hat's off to you. I've tried it. I can't do it. I'm not a runner, and I'm quite happy to admit that. I might lose some friends over it today. I lost some friends this week at staff because I admitted I am not a puppy person. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm okay with that. All right, stick with me. So I'm not a runner. But where are my, like, marathon runners in the house? There's a few of you, too. Is, is, I'm sure I've, I've seen that. Like, ultra endurance. You know, come on, up the back. There you are. Come on. Like, that is a whole next level of running. You know, you can go and run 5Ks. But running 20Ks or 30Ks or running up and down these crazy mountain trails, like that, I take my hat off to you, that is impressive. And, you know, to be that type of runner, like I imagine there's, there is this incredible mental toughness and this drive that you have to have to keep going. There's got to be some fire in you as to why you're doing it. Otherwise, it's just plain crazy. So I'm counting on the fact that you're not crazy, All right, I'm counting, if you're at home and you're one of these runners, I'm counting on the fact that you're not crazy, but instead you're fired up about it. Like you've got a reason and a purpose that you do it, and so that's why you run. And I feel like, well, I don't feel like, I know. The author in Hebrews here is telling us that life's an endurance race. It's not some little five-kilometer easy run. It is full-on endurance. We just read a chapter about people being sawn in two for their faith. Like I find that incredible. It's an endurance race. It's got highs, people being raised from the dead. It's got lows. And it's a long race that we run if we're blessed to have that long race. And so we need to keep our faith fired up in that endurance race because just like the Christians in here, we are the same, right? And whilst we may not be tempted to revert back to the ways of Judaism, that's probably not where we're going, But we're absolutely um, tempted to constantly fall back into something that's easier, something that's a lot less confrontational. Religion can be so much easier. 
than crazy, radical, step out daily type of faith, right? We are tempted to just fall back in to patterns where we go day in, day out. Yes, we're a nice person. Yes, we do some nice things for people, but I'm not really going to step out there. We can settle for something less so easily. And when we do this time after time, over time, we find that our faith, it's gone out. Like the fired upness in us has kind of gone out. You know, I read a story um, about Brother Yun. Who's read Brother Yun? This isn't it. You need to get that book and you need to read it because it will fire up your faith. But he talks about how he, um, he became a He's a Chinese Christian um, and became a Christian when it is not safe to be a Christian, right? And he wanted a Bible and he believed that God told him that he could have a Bible, So he began fasting and praying for this Bible. He was so hungry to have a Bible because you couldn't have them. And he's praying and fasting, not little prayer and fasting, so much so that his parents thought he was going insane. He was so desperate to have this Bible. A hundred days he is praying and fasting for the Word of God. That's a message right there. Do you know that you have multiple words of God sitting on your shelf? This man prayed and fasted a hundred days to get one because he was so hungry for the truth that was in it. And after a hundred days, he has this dream of seeing this man who gives him this bun. He puts it in his mouth and it turns into the Bible. He wakes up from this dream and he's convinced that that means the Bible is now in his house, turning it upside down, parents getting worried again, gets a knock on the door, goes to the door, opens it up, there's the man in his dream holding a Bible, gives it to him. Now, the backstory behind that is that there was another man who a hundred days earlier had been prompted by the Holy Spirit to dig up the Bible that he had hidden And he'd been told the exact address of Brother Yun's house. So he was to dig up that Bible and deliver that Bible to that address. For a hundred days, he battled as to whether he was going to do this thing until he finally did. I read that story and the Holy Spirit, I just went, oh my goodness. What about all those times the Holy Spirit has said to me, Mel, why don't you do this? I want you to do this. And I've gone, yeah, yeah, nah. How many times have I missed the miraculous move of God because I haven't stepped out in a radical, fired-up faith? Imagine what God can do through us when our faith is whatever, God. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. Is anybody with me? Come on. Okay, so how? Okay, we've got to have a fired-up faith, but it is an endurance race. So how do we do this? Guess what? God told us. He tells us in his word. We can dig back into this scripture. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. This scripture does not hide that you don't live life in a bubble. It totally acknowledges that life is hard. Sometimes it is so incredibly painful and heartbreaking. I know that some of you are walking through incredibly painful and heartbreaking moments, and God knows that. Sometimes it's big things, big crises that hit us. Sometimes it is just small discouragements, time over time over time. How do you stay fired up when this happens? 
How do you not let life hinder you? What is this sin that they talk of that so easily trips us up? Do you know when I dug into the context of this chapter, this sin that they believe they're talking about here is actually unbelief. I kind of went, oh, I don't know if I think of unbelief as a sin. I kind of just think of it as an omission. Like, oops, I didn't do that today. But the Bible talks about it as a sin, not to condemn us, but so we recognize on the flip side just how important faith is and activated faith, right? Because any type of sin will eventually completely entangle us. So if we constantly go not stepping out in faith, if we're constantly acting in unbelief, eventually it's going to trip you up. It's going to trip you up in life. We need a faith church that is constantly activated. That's my second point. If you want to fire up your faith, faith, you've got to activate it. It's the everyday deliberate decisions and actions to trust and follow Jesus, even though we can't always see what he's doing. You know, Pastor Darren brought that in this morning. The first step of freedom is trust. You've got to trust God, but then you've got to take a step. You've got to actually do something on that faith. Now, I went to New Zealand when I was younger and crazier with my sister, and I did a canyon swing. Has anyone ever done a canyon swing? Like a canyon swing is like a bungee, except instead of bouncing at the bottom, you swing. So you have the same free fall, and then you do this massive arc swing out. Um, And I did that. I thought that sounded pretty cool. Um, But I will tell you that I'm like standing on the edge, and they make you jump. So I'm standing on the edge with this harness on. Now, there's a big difference between saying, I believe that this harness can hold me. And actually jumping. I can say, till the cows come home, this harness is going to hold me. But until I jump, that faith is not actually activated, right? So I jumped. And that harness held me. Your God is able to hold you in no matter what you do. But you actually have to jump. You actually have to take a step. And I found that... You know, these people that we look up to and admire, like people like Brother Yun, these people that we look to that just live crazy, incredible lives, it's because they have a fired up, activated faith. Now, do not be discouraged. You don't have to jump off a cliff first time, okay? That's not not the first thing. What, What happens is this is why unbelief becomes a sin, right? Because it's just little step after little step after little step that we take that ends up way down the line here as a a person living this crazy radical faith in God, right? So the good news is that you can do it. You can take the first step. You can walk out of here today and start acting on what it is that the Holy Spirit has actually told you to do. Because when you activate your faith, you're looking forward. You're looking forward at Jesus. Unbelief will only ever have you looking back. It'll have you looking back at past fears, at past discouragements. It constricts you. It holds you up. But the Holy Spirit can free you from it today. It says, throw it off. Just throw it off. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into your world and release you. Gives you freedom. 
ask the Holy Spirit to come in. The two steps work in tandem, right? You activate your faith, you get fired up faith. You fire up your faith, you activate your faith. Like you've got to, you've got to, just, you've got to just start. You've got to just start moving. But there's another part to this scripture. This is my third point. If you're taking notes, write it down. The good news is, church, that you do not do this journey alone. All right? The onus to fire up and to activate your faith does not entirely rest on your capacity because you've got a secret weapon. This scripture tells us we've got a secret weapon. We've got a champion in the race. And all you need to do is get into the slipstream of Jesus. If you take nothing away from today, walk out of here going, I've got to get in the slipstream of Jesus. Just get into the slipstream of Jesus because the best place to be in a long distance race is in the slipstream of the strongest competitor. You don't have to face everything head on on your own, trying to make it work. You just need to get into the space where Jesus is going because guess what his slipstream is? It's the Holy Spirit, right? That's what we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit is pouring out on us and when we are following Jesus, we will be in the slipstream of the Spirit and that is actually how we walk a life of activated faith and of fired up faith. Our scripture says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus, 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 you need Jesus, right? Jesus, don't walk this life on your own. Get in the slipstream of Jesus. It is so easy to lose your fire when you get distracted. And it is so easy to become distracted when you are looking at many things other than Jesus. The author here in Hebrews knows that the reason that they attempted to return to Judaism is because they have taken their eyes off the full revelation of Jesus. Because when you know the full revelation of Jesus, there is nothing else on this earth that could possibly satisfy your soul. When we get distracted from Jesus, it's because we've stopped looking to who He is. We've forgotten what He's done. We've forgotten the champion that we have before us. You know, there are just so many voices right now There's such a distraction around us. You can pull up your phone and you can find so many voices to follow. And they're good voices, people. Please don't hear me say that that other preachers that you can listen to and, and, um, you know, things you can follow on Instagram or words, you know, you get Bible verses popping up. There are a lot of things that we can follow right now at our fingertips and we flick through them on the phone. But here's my question. Does Jesus then just become one of many? If there's something else that pops up that kind of goes, oh, that's a little bit more comfortable today. Oh, that one makes me feel good. It's a bit shiny and catchy. And we choose to put aside the word from Jesus that we know, because we know when Jesus is talking to us. 
right? There's this thing in your spirit that you know that it is Jesus, but sometimes what Jesus asks you to do is kind of hard. It's not always easy. And it can be so tempting just to flick to a different voice and go, oh no, I'm just gonna follow that one today. But there is one voice that has to be our first and our final authority. And that's Jesus. And the reason is the scripture tells us he is the initiator and the perfecter. He is not only an example to you, but he's actually the one who enables your faith. There is a power in him. Jesus says in John 16 that he will empower us through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to live out the faith that he has called you to do. The Holy Spirit is his slipstream and our response is just to simply get into that and to follow him, to connect to the power source. Can I encourage you that a comfortable, safe life might feel like it's the better option, but it's not. You know, sometimes I was actually just reflecting on our world this week and we had an awesome, just an awesome breakthrough with God and in our, in our huge a tune journey and God is so faithful, peoples. And I stop and it makes me look back over our life and I go, man, I never would have thought I would have been out here following crazy dreams with my husband and stepping into a calling as a pastor with four little kids. Like it doesn't make any sense. And you could say, well, you know, maybe I, sh I should just uh, not do so much because I've got to be there, I've got to, I've got to do this, I've got to set life up this way. And, and I just reflected that as crazy as it is, it's fun and it's fulfilling and it's satisfying and I actually wouldn't want to be anywhere else. In fact, a comfortable life is just not an option because Jesus is so worth following and He is the only thing that will actually be a constant in your life that you can trust that will not lead you astray. I don't wanna trust my own version of what my best life looks like because my best life is in Jesus. Church, if you are not in a place where your faith is so on fire, then today is a moment to get in the locker room. You need to hear from your coach, your author and the perfecter of your faith. You need to be reminded of who He is and therefore who you are. Church, can you actually just stand?